What is up? You are listening to Becoming a PI Podcast with Michael Reed, the podcast server. I'm so excited that you take, you're taking the time today to uh, check out this new podcast. It's going to be exciting and let me t- for a couple different reasons. I'm going to talk about myself in a little bit, but real quick, I want to tell you what kind of content you're going to be getting from this podcast. So first of all, I am a process server, and I've been doing the legal support industry for a long time. But more importantly, I've been a marketer and a podcaster for even longer. And I love the podcast medium, the idea that you can drive around and listen uh, listen to people's ideas and conversations and things like that and be able to take so much value from it. So what you're going to be getting from this is my journey as I... You know, this first episode, I'm going to talk a lot about myself and how I got started and the different ways that I make money. Becoming a private investigator for me is not a matter of earning more money. I've decided a long time ago when I thought about becoming an attorney or a private investigator um, that that it probably wasn't for me, mostly because um, becoming a private investigator or an attorney and these types of things, it's hourly based. And as a process server, I can deliver many things. I can deliver 20 or 30 service papers a, a day um, and make it $99 a serve. It's very easy for me to out-earn even some of the most highest paid attorneys. So with that being said, um, you know, this is going to be about the journey of becoming a private investigator and how difficult it is. Um, and, and what the journey looks like. So strap yourselves in and get ready. We're going to be going through uh, quite a journey. And so I've already been through quite a bit that, that I'm going to catch you, catch you guys up on. And uh, we'll go from there. So good stuff. So as I had mentioned before, I had a lot of experience with private investigators uh, owning my own process serving company. I sent out work all over the country and still do. I met many great private investigators and what I've noticed among all of them is there is no uh, investigator like cliche investigator like every single one of them that I've met is a little bit different some of them are a little bit extreme some of them are a little bit um, more relaxed Uh, but what I've noticed is that they're more generally they hold themselves to a higher standard uh, than your average process server meaning uh, you know we don't do those certain kinds of serves or um, you know we only specialize in these types of services or Um, we will serve the papers if it's a part of a case that we're working on. But other than that, we don't serve papers. Um, these are the typical answers I would get from private investigators. Um, I myself and process server daily, um, you know, working on the daily basis, we would hire private investigators, um, and pay them a premium because we know that the, you know, that they would get the work done for us in a timely manner. So I have a lot of respect for them. So with that being said, um, I'm really surprised and almost saddened to kind of tell you the beginning of my journey as to become a private investigator. 
Um, and as I mentioned before, you know, I started process serving in 2013, started my own business doing process serving in 2014, and it has taken off. So uh, becoming a private investigator is a personal goal of mine. And because I love to podcast so much, I thought that it would make a great topic um, for podcasting. And so I look forward to having many great guests on this podcast that I've already had on my other podcast, Process Server Daily. So you're welcome to check that out. Search Process Server in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and you will find uh, many great episodes with great professionals, including private investigators. This here is going to be more of a topic-based podcast where I give you a timeline of what's happening in my journey. And so I'm going to catch you guys up here in the next couple episodes about what has been transpiring, um, what kind of roadblocks have I hit, and what are some of my plans. And so I look forward to going over that with you here shortly. Okay, so I'm not going to mention any names, but I want to go ahead and tell you my first experience in becoming a private investigator. So I went online, like most people, and did my research to try to find what are the best ways to become a private investigator. You know, is this something that I actually really want to do? Like, I, it, was, it was a good idea in my mind, but is this something that I can see clearly? You know, what is a clear path for becoming a PI? So what I did, the first thing I did is I went on Google and I started researching um, the requirements. And in every state it is different, but in California, the requirement was that you get 6,000 hours as a private, in- working for another private investigator. Um, and then there's some other requirements, you know, you can go and you can go to school. I think if you have a bachelor's degree, you know, they'll cut off like, 500 hours something ridiculous so you can go to four years of school and and then they'll put 500 hours towards your your hours so they'll also consider different schooling um, to fulfill those hours so basically it's three years uh, working 2,000 hours per year is about full-time and uh, you work for three years for somebody else and you can get those hours So that's kind of what I was faced with. And I thought, do I really want to work for somebody else? Okay, I guess I can't become a PI. And what I've noticed is a lot of people who become private investigators were police officers who maybe really never did too much investigation. For instance, like CHP officers, Highway Patrol, you know, they do some investigation just kind of like, you know, at each stop. But for the most part, their goal is to, you know, catch someone who's been speeding or violating the law in some way, giving them a ticket and moving on. But yet they can become a private investigator without having any investigative, I shouldn't say any, but any serious investigative experience. Um, And a lot of them do go some through their training, initial training. But we're talking about 6,000 hours of me working as an investigator for somebody else before I could become licensed. To me, that seemed really dramatic, and I thought to myself, well, let me look and see what that entails. And there's some really great podcasts out there. One guy's name is Andy Kidd, and I really like his, you know, no-nonsense approach. He's a surveillance investigator for different insurance companies. And so, you know, I've been keeping up with him and, you know, learning a lot from him. 
um, I would definitely check out his podcast on YouTube. I think it's called Private Investigator Podcast uh, Advice, uh, PIAdvice.com, I think. And it's just a really great podcast for learning about surveillance. He's, his main thing is surveillance investigations for insurance companies and things like that. So I thought, okay, doing uh, surveillance, that might be an option. So I'm definitely looking into that. And so I started researching, and he actually gave a bunch of names of people who, or I should say companies that hire um, newbies and give them the hours that they need. So I started researching these companies, and I reached out to a bunch of them. And I found out that many of them are hiring, uh, it's between $12 and $14 an hour. And mind you, um, if I just do a regular stakeout, I'm charging $75 an hour. That's where I'm at right now as a process server. And when I'm actually doing a route, I'll go out and serve 20 to 30 papers uh, in a single day, sometimes anywhere between eight, anywhere between three and eight hours. Okay, sometimes it only takes me three hours to serve 20 papers. And if that's the case, at $99 per paper, it wouldn't make sense for me to go get a job for $12 an hour, right? Unless I wanted to get those hours. So I thought to myself, well, I spend a lot of time on different things um, online. I have a few businesses that I do, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I thought, well, I could cut out one thing and just kind of get these extra hours if I could get a local position somewhere. So I decided to reach out to some of the local investigators. And this is where things got interesting. started reaching out to these investigators these local investigators like I said before I knew some of them and the ones that I knew um, I already knew wouldn't um, hire me as employees because they were kind of independents um, and part of the reason is is that they um, you know they're smaller outfits and you know they'll they'll do my serves for cheaper rates and also, I didn't really want to muddy the waters, you know, and have them serving my papers, but employing me and stuff like that. And so I reached out to some that I hadn't really known very well. Some of them that had been in the industry for a long time. Um, the first thing I did actually is I went to the local association on the, on their website and I found that they were holding a meeting here locally up in Redding, California. And I thought, well, that's cool. It'll be a good opportunity for me to meet some of the the local investigators, especially the leadership of the associations, you know. And so I reached out to one of them, and he was the area governor for Northern California. Well, he, I messaged him. I think it was probably a small enough but decent-sized email, uh, you know, laying out my interest in becoming a PI and kind of what my goals were and wanted to find out if I could come to the meeting. Uh, He responded to me and saying, call me. So I called the gentleman. Uh, It went really well. Uh, He invited me to his office to speak about it more. And um, he and his wife were there. And he had told me, recounted to me, that he had been in the business for many, many years 
uh, has military experience and things like that. I brought my wife. She was sitting in the car and he invited her to come in. It was a very pleasant experience, very um, nice person. And what I had realized is that he, um, he was a genuinely nice person and enjoyed our company and enjoyed the company of my wife, um, speaking to his wife and they had a dog and it was a really nice experience. And I was really excited about this journey that I could go on with him and helping him. Um, see his business wasn't very busy either. Um, like many other investigators, they struggle. And one thing I am really good at is marketing. And so I have a marketing company called Leading Legal, where I help attorneys and legal service companies and so uh, and my own company. And so I told him that I would be more than willing to help him at no charge. And uh, he offered to pay me um, $12 an hour and offered to pay $20 an hour when I'm on a surveillance and that he really disliked doing surveillance at this point in his career. And I thought, well, that's actually not too bad of a deal. That's a good deal. So I said, okay. And he, he was adamant that he wanted me to think on it, go home and talk to the wife and discuss something and to put together a proposal for him. So um, with that in mind and with the upcoming um, meeting that they were going to have for the association, I thought, okay, I want to get this proposal done before the meeting. Well, before we left the meeting, he, I told him what I do in marketing and that I do these presentations where like here really soon in March, I'm flying to Georgia and speaking in front of the... Georgia Association of Process Servers about their marketing and about building websites and how to get more business, how to automate. And um, that's kind of what I do. It's what I enjoy. I'm the king of automation in the legal industry. And so uh, I wanted to be able to help this gentleman, especially if he was willing to give me an opportunity to learn to be a private investigator. So I told him that. And when I came home, I had every intention of uh, putting together some kind of proposal that was going to um, be beneficial for both of us. And so I did my research. I put together a three-page proposal um, that really just laid out all the specifics. If you were going to employ somebody and what I heard back was not good. Um, I get a phone call back and it went something like this. Um, I answered the phone and I said, hello, this is Michael. And, you know, uh, how can I help you? And he said, hey, this is so-and-so. I uh, just wanted to let you know that we're going to go ahead and keep things close to the vest. And I said, okay, like not knowing really exactly what he's saying, but I think I have an idea. I say, so what do you mean you uh, don't want to send me work or what are you saying? And he said, yeah, we just, we're not very busy here in this office. And, um, and so what I believe happened, and I, and I told him, I said, it's not a problem. Like I'm still willing to help you with marketing and things like that. Um, he said, I'm still willing to teach you about private investigation I just don't have the work to be able to give you. 
So I have no doubt that the proposal that I gave him, it pretty much just laid out what he said verbally. Um, But I did list in there the mileage reimbursements that I wouldn't expect anything for more than anything within an hour away. And I just was very detailed because I didn't want there to be any surprises. And I think that scared him a little bit. Maybe he thought, you know, he's been doing this for a while. He's never had anyone tell him what he was going to have to pay in mileage or any of that. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sure that was probably one of my biggest mistakes. But um, it certainly, I certainly didn't intend to scare him off. So at this point right now, um, I had already agreed to go and speak at their, uh, their meeting. Um, I think it was only going to be around 15 people, which I'm, I'm usually speaking in front of more than 50, you know, at the conferences. But I was going to do this. I wanted to help him. And I still intended to do it. I actually went out and usually I do it on a projector. I went out and bought a television screen uh, the, the day I met with him to make sure I could still give a proper presentation at the, uh, the restaurant that they were going to be doing it in Reading. So I went ahead and uh, I I called him and I said, hey, I just want to make sure we're still on. And he said, well, we have some leadership issues going on. He stated that there was a leader in the Cali Association of uh, Licensed Investigators that the leader who had just been elected wasn't sure uh, about me presenting. And uh, he kind of beat around the bush. I had to kind of push that out of him. I said, so am I not coming to present for your group or do you want me to come? And uh, he, he told me that, you know, I would be, yes, it's on. I went ahead and sent out an email and I just didn't want to waste your time and only have two people show up and this kind of stuff. And I said, that's okay. I'll come either way. And then he calls me back about a week later um, just a few days ago now and says, uh, it looks like we're going to go ahead and cancel the meeting. And I said, okay, all right. So you don't need me to speak. And he says, yeah, I might have you speak sometime in the future, but not at this time. And so as somebody who's trying to get into the investigative field, I was a little bit discouraged because I thought, well, I'm here to provide all this value you know, and I'm, I'm a value first kind of person. And I have this person who has all this experience who initially was more than willing to share it and decided not to. And so, you know, my, in my mind, I was thinking, well, gosh, there has to be something. Maybe there's someone I burned a bridge with at some point back in the day. Uh, Cause you know, sometimes in, in business you have disagreements and sometimes it goes south. And one of the things I learned is not to burn bridges. Uh, if you owe somebody money, they didn't do a very good job, um, your best bet is to just go ahead and pay them and not use them anymore rather than refusing to pay them because they didn't do a good job. <coughs> so what I would say is I would say to make sure that you do that. And so at this point in my story, um, I before I forget, um, This gentleman, when I initially called him before he invited me over to his office, he told me that uh, when I told him that I want to become a private investigator, his the first words that kind of came out of his mouth were um, negative. 
And so I almost had to talk him out of that negativity in order to get the appointment with him initially. But his negativity came like this. It was like this. Um, oh, yes, uh, you want to become an investigator. Okay, um, well, uh, now's not the best time because right now with the new governor, uh, we're finding out that um, they're going to raise the hours from 6,000 to 10,000 hours. And I said, have they already done that? And he said, uh, I don't know. Or yes, I think they have. I got an email about it. And I said, well, um, okay. Well, I guess until I find out the fact, the facts, I want to just go ahead and, and look into it. Or do you, you know, you have some time this coming week? He goes, I have some time now. Come on over. And uh, so I came over. So anyway, it kind of fell through. And then now the, the, the meeting. And you know, the sad thing is, I didn't press him on this last phone call because when he told me that the meeting had been canceled, I said, okay. I, I responded and said, okay, um, all right. Uh, well, thank you. And he didn't, with the awkwardness and the way I was speaking, he didn't try to correct me. He didn't say, well, like he didn't try to make it okay. It was more just like, you're done. Like, I'm done with you. Like, okay, now that you know, bye, you know. And so um, I really, from the experience of him telling me about the increased hours, from the experience of over the phone, I honestly am suspicious. I didn't have the time to drive up there to see if they still had a meeting or not. But I'm very suspicious that they probably still had their meeting with everyone at the restaurant and talked about something else. I don't know. I don't, I almost don't care, but I am interested. So, um, stay tuned. I have some more details on some more enlightening things and some awesome things coming up. Some of the ideas I have in my journey to become a private investigator.